All right, we finally have gotten to a full week's worth of episodes. This is the seventh episode of Dirty Mike and the Boys podcast. Um, obviously, this week there's a uh, a lot going on in terms of you know politics and whatnot. So we're hoping to give you you know a little little reprieve from it. Um, take your mind off of some stuff, go through some sports, um, and just kind of give you a little bit of a break from all the all the heavy stuff going on in the world. Um, We've got the the three three normal companions with me, uh, Colton, Devin, and Eric. Um, looking to jump into some football talk this week. Um, you know, week eight was a uh, an interesting week. Uh, weather was a pretty predominant factor in a lot of uh, game outcomes. It really kind of challenged some fantasy owners to try to figure out if they wanted to take the sure bet or, you know, look at the forecast more than what's gotten them this far in the season. So I think it's kind of been, uh, it was an interesting week to uh, kind of go through. Um, We'll go through our locks of the week from this past week. Um, Yeah, not, uh, not Not too good, Um, but can only get better from here. Um, We'll, look at uh the division races so far halfway through the season kind of look at you know how the teams are looking we'll all give our predictions for everything um and then uh we'll go through eric's favorite segment of the week and we'll then hopefully provide you with some much better locks of the week than we this past week so um before we get into it uh how's everybody doing this week any anything big or exciting or just another week Another week in paradise, Mike. It's been a week. I'll say that much. I'm pretty sure that every single week, uh, uh, Colton says uh, another week in paradise, which um, he is not wrong. That, that's that's false because a couple weeks ago I said we're doing pretty good. Oh yeah, that's right. We were. This doing is true. This is, this is true. He, yeah, Eric also but... claimed that I used to say um, "Club going up on a Tuesday" all the time. Yeah, you so did. I Eric and his false accusations. <laughs> I swear. Hey, I am allowed to false ac- 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 accuse. accuse. <laughs> wow. I'm allowed Eric to is, false accuse because Eric I was big time fake news. That's right. Because I was the only one who got uh, my pick right this week. So y'all can suck it. Hey, Eric, how did you go last week? We won't talk about that part. <laughs> okay, that's that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure to knock you off your horse just a little bit. Nay, <laughs> we're gonna cut that what? out. Um, <laughs> so before we get into um, anything football related, um, just a quick kind of note for um, basketball. Um, it hasn't been fully ratified um, at this point, but it looks like the NBA season for the 2020-2021 year um, is going to start on the 22nd of December. Um, there were a bunch of reports that came out Wednesday um, stating the fact that that looks like it will be the most agreeable um, kind of, you know, uh, situation for the league to start up. Um, they're trying to mitigate uh, profit losses and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so the season, if this is the, you know, what they go through with, it's going to be 72 games in length. Um, shorter than their normal 82 game slate that they have, so about 10 games fewer. Um, what is nice and working in their favor this year is that a couple major holidays, uh, both Christmas and New Year's, fall on Fridays this year. Um, normally, they've really 
like to focus some of their big national TV games on Christmas. Um, but they've only been about, you know, five to seven of them at a time. So we could see um, expanded slates on Christmas as well as them utilizing New Year's Eve, um, potentially. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but it would not be a surprise to me if we saw the, uh, you know, the ratification of that agreement sometime later this week. Um, or even early next week. Obviously, they need to approve something soon um, so they can kind of start to get the schedule set up. Um, the draft is right around the corner. Um, it's actually on November 18th, so that's coming up pretty quickly. Once the draft happens, free agency period opens a couple of days after. So basically, you're looking at um, once the draft happens, uh, about a month's worth of time between the draft happening and when the season is slated to begin which means free agency has to be stuck in there as well as training camp. So this is going to be a really tight window that the league's going to have to work with. Um, so we'll see if there's any scheduling changes that have to happen with the pandemic. Um, obviously, the winter and the cold could easily change up their timelines, but uh, Adam Silver looks to you know, be riding high after the, uh, the Disney World bubble experience, and uh, he might be able to work some magic again to keep them you know, on schedule this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, baseball wise, um, free agency has technically opened. Um, there's been no big moves of any sort made at this point. Not really a surprise. Um, probably waiting for some teams and or players to set the going rate on the market. Um, you know, there's been a lot of declined options and uh, releases of players so far. Um, for teams to be cutting guaranteed payroll. Um, so you're probably going to see a lot of above average players being forced into, you know, high incentive, low guarantee one year deals this winter. Um, as teams look to mitigate costs in a year where they might have to play without fans for the vast majority of it again. Um, you know, it's just kind of a wait and see game for them. And we'll see how it goes. Um, but there's really been no news on the MLB front at this point, which is not necessarily something that's super surprising. So another thing to keep an eye on. Um, any thoughts on any of that stuff, guys? Or do you want to just move right into football? I would be pretty interested to see where some of these big-name free agents go. Um, it would be nice to get some of those Astros broken up. Yeah, you know, Springer could could move on. Um you know, he's probably the biggest name that's out there. Um, yeah, that that was actually the name I was going to bring up was uh, George Springer. Um, he just seems like a that sort of alpha in an offense. If you want him to be that, he can be a good hitter. He's a good all-around player. Very interested in that one. I'm curious to see how his involvement in the, the cheating scandal, you know, just being on the team and kind of being involved in that situation affects some of his growing rate value. Um, we'll have to see if that's something that affects anybody tied to the Astros. Um, obviously, it didn't really affect A.J. Hinch that much since he did um, set out his one year. Um, but now joke. he is agreed. Yeah, that was not yep, much of a punishment to sure. serve. Um, now he's the manager of the Tigers, which could be punishment in itself. We'll have to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, he... Uh, just another example of uh, the, the teams who bring in the big bucks for sports leagues getting off easy because, uh, you know, the league would not be as successful without them. So, 
Um, if that's what we're want to leave those sports at, um, I guess we can jump into football. Um, taking a look at our locks of the week from this past week, uh, like I said earlier, not a good week for us. Um, as Eric so eloquently described, because he obviously had to make sure he got his two cents in on that. Um, he was the only one to um, do or to guess correctly um, for a game last week. So he took the Raiders over the Browns. Um, what was kind of your thinking behind that? Was the the weather a big factor for? Or did you just like the matchup in general? Um, I like the matchup. I actually thought that the Raiders would do a good job of going over the top um, on the Browns and. Uh, really exploiting that defense. And uh, Pittsburgh, just the week prior, had done a number on them as well. So uh, so I, I had anticipated that, uh, you know, the Raiders' offense would roll in this game and Josh Jacobs would be able to get going this week. Uh, it, seems, it seems like when he's finding these plus matchups, he's able to, to get going. So that's, that's good to see. And so that's kind of where I thought the game would go, and I just didn't think Baker would pull his weight, and and I did it. That was right. The uh, the weather certainly did affect that game. You know, uh, mm-hmm. being a low scoring sixteen six game, it uh, wasn't wasn't one for the offenses in that one. But uh, good good for you, Eric. That was a very very impressive call. Um, Thanks, for Mike. The other three losers. Um, Thanks, Mike. Uh, Colton took the Panthers over the Falcons. Uh, Devin took the Chargers over the Broncos, which was an absolute heartbreak at the end. And I took the Rams over the Dolphins. And looked, it went what looked like one of the easier smashes of the week in Tua Tagovailoa's first start. And that didn't go all that well. Um, but we'll go over to the Colton first. That uh, NFC South matchup was not kind of what it looked like it was going to be on thursday i'm uh i'm officially putting the falcons on my do not bet list uh so i guess we do a weekly pool so we pick all the games for every week and i have lost every single game or pick the falcons every single time like big bunch of, god they're the worst so i'm never picking them again what's funny is that you know the the game winning score for the Falcons was the only points that were put up in the fourth quarter. Um, and it was actually a Todd early touchdown, which is something that they, you know, he actually scored a touchdown this week and won the game. And the previous week he scored a touchdown and they lost because of it. So potato. That's, that's very, uh, <laughs> that, potato. that's, that's a good, uh, a good synopsis of how the Falcons season has been going so far. Uh, Devin, you know, that another divisional matchup, Chargers Broncos that uh, came down to the last play actually. Oh, devastating yeah, what, loss! What a heartbreaker. Uh, I mean, talk speaking about the the Falcons, man. Poor Chargers. Uh, I mean, <sighs> blown leads are just like the story of the the year, I guess. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean. Both teams looked pretty good. Um, obviously, like you said, the Chargers got out to an early start, you know, 14-3 going into half. But uh, 
you know, 21 points in the fourth quarter by the Broncos really, uh, really seals the deal in that case. And I think Drew Locke was, I've been a big believer in him, as you guys can attest to. And he's, he put up a very respectable line on Sunday. You love the Docs. I, I do, except when they <laughs> screw me over when it comes to pools, but that's not the point. Stupid donks. I and I, I think I, I think we all can agree that we're all very uh excited for Justin Herbert and what he's bringing to that team uh since they started uh started starting him. <laughs> and uh, uh it's it's still he still had a really good game, I thought. Um so Yeah. Oh well. I I, I think I think you know it's like I mentioned earlier in the uh, earlier in the season uh, the interceptions the turnovers I, I think it's just a rookie a rookie uh, theme to be honest I think I think once he figures out defenses he's gonna be he's gonna be so dangerous come the next few years and he's already got weapons around him too obviously you know Mike Williams Keenan Allen Hunter Henry uh, Austin Eckler when he's back healthy. He's got a great supporting cast around him. Um, I think this most recent draft class for quarterbacks is turning out at least, you know, the beginning feedback at least, turning out to be one of the better ones in recent memory. Um, you know, obviously Burrow is setting the lead on fire um, from the first overall pick. You got Herbert, um, you know, Tua just had his first start against the Rams. Um, you know, the, the looks that this class has been getting, they weren't really – super high on in the draft it was kind of seen as a very average draft in terms of qb um, but i think they're definitely outplaying um their production and uh there is a reason i didn't bring up jordan love in that conversation <laughs> because we don't need to go there um speaking of tua um the, i don't know what the problem was with the rams this past week but they just looked ungodly flustered um dolphins defense just was giving Jared Goff fits all night. Um, you know, having to throw the ball 61 times, that that, that ain't great, Bob. Um, he, you know, 35 of 61, a touchdown and two picks. He was sacked twice. That's uh, that's not, not good at all. Um, Cooper Cup received a ridiculous 21 targets. Jesus. Um, only caught 11, 11 for 110, which is still a very good game for him. Woods had 7 for 85 and a touchdown on 8 targets. Um, Reynolds had 9. Gerald Everett had 9 targets as well, um, which I think is super interesting. Just that even target share has been kind of a, a staple for Goff for a while, and he you know continues that. Um, Cup may be out um, potentially for the Rams at some point. Um, obviously, they have a bye this upcoming week, but uh, Cup was going for, uh, I believe it was an MRI on his wrist. Um, there's some concern about a potential broken bone in it. So um, obviously that boosts Robert Woods' numbers. Um, Josh Reynolds could benefit. Van Jefferson, the Florida rookie, could benefit. So with the tight end. So keep an eye out for that then. Um, do you guys have any takeaways for how Tua played? Um, obviously, the game script kind of made it easy that he didn't have to throw the ball a ton, but uh, do you guys like what you saw from him? I didn't really get the chance to go back and watch him a ton, but I think you, you hit it right in the head. Like He didn't really need to do a whole lot, so we'll give him a few more games to show what he's got. 
Yeah, fair enough. I think the the expectations are there. Obviously, you know, Fitzmagic set the table for him, and it was kind of a a weird passing of the guard to Tua. Um, but you know, the Dolphins they they understand that they're playing for the future, um, and they don't want to. They're not going to say this, but they don't want to win too much now because they want to obviously boost their their draft picks to continue to fill the cupboard. But uh, a lot of positives from from Tua this past week. So. Um, so we'll jump into some divisional races at this point. Um, so kind of go, you know, we'll start with the NFC, we'll go north, south, east, west, and then jump to the AFC and kind of do the same thing. Um, so we'll start with the NFC north. Um, obviously, you know, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota, that's your, that's your order top to bottom. Um, Packers are out to a quick start this year. Bears have blown a lot of people away so far i think with their record more than their on-field performance and that's not a bad thing i was about to um, say mikey should choose your choose your words there a little wisely there i will make sure to uh <laughs> tread lightly because i think it's uh there's definitely some shade that can be thrown both ways for both of these teams here at the top um but I, I think this is one of the more interesting divisional races this year. Um, Eric, thoughts on if the order will change at all this year, or if you think the way it is now will probably be how it finishes? Um, I think it'll move around a little. Um, I think that Green Bay will end up holding on for the division, but I, I think this division ends up getting a little sloppy. I think that it's going to get tougher for Green Bay to stack wins uh, because, you know, there's definitely a recipe to defeat them. And uh, and Chicago, I think that uh, a lot of the confidence that they had when they brought in Nick Foles is starting to, uh, to drain a little bit. And they've had two straight losses now. So uh, I, I think it's going to get a little bit more stockpiled uh, of a division. Uh, I think that Minnesota could surprise some people and win a few more games. Um, and then we'll just see what Detroit does because they're, they're a team that's... For me, every week is so difficult to pin down, like, who's going to show up? You know, how's that offense going to look? I think that's fair. I think this is one of those divisions where you have expectations for who's going to, you know, be at the top. And so far it's followed to that point. Um, but I would agree. I think there's a lot of, a lot of fluidity here. Um, and I think down the stretch will be super interesting. Um, Colton kind of as a outside perspective, somebody who doesn't have a horse in the race in the North. Um, do you think green Bay could potentially be the number one seed at the end of the year? Yeah, I think there's potential for them to be the number one seed. I'm still probably going to bank on Seattle being that one seed. Seattle? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The Seahawks, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're talking about the the whole conference. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Packers will win the NFC North for sure. But I actually, I think the Vikings actually end up coming back and finishing second. And I think that might actually sneak a wild card in. Like, they have a pretty easy upcoming schedule. They get the Lions, who can't seem to stop anybody. They play the Bears, which will be a tough game. But after that, they get the Cowboys, the Panthers, and the Jaguars. All all teams you can move the ball against. So, I mean, that right there should get them above 500 again. And they're right back in the mix. 
for the Bears, they still have to pay the Packers twice. Like it's a tough schedule. They have to play the Texans, and next week they play at the Titans, who are on a little bit of a skid. But that's not an easy schedule either. So they could start losing some games. Maybe have to go back to Mitch, and nobody wants that. Well, Mitch is potentially going to miss the switch game. Um, that. I think Devin's going to have a little feedback on this, but like the two snaps that he was in for, he actually got hurt on, which I think is really ironic. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, I think he, Nagy might be, might be feeling a little trapped um, with Foles now because of Trubisky's health. Um, so we'll have to see, but I, I definitely think, you know, Minnesota could, could use that, you know, second half schedule to their advantage to jump up and, make it competitive. Um, you know, like you said, the bears don't, they don't necessarily have the recipe to continue their strong start. Um, obviously getting out to the strong start really helped them in case there is a skid at some point. Um, but it's, it's not going to be easy for anybody in this division. Um, Devin, I mean, what, what, what's, what's your assessment of the bears at this point? I don't even, I'm not even like throwing shade your way at all. I'm just looking for an honest assessment. If you think this team can finish, I mean, do you see 10 wins realistically here? Um, I mean, I can, I can see them winning five more games, but that's, that's if their, their defense is like top notch, like no mistake. You know, mistake-free football, essentially, you know, with with the offense doing, you know, a little bit more than what they've been doing the last few weeks. But, you know, we've all seen how how that's been. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. Honestly, I think they kind of screwed themselves over uh, as far as next year's draft goes with, uh, you know, winning the first five out of the six games this year. But. Yeah, as far as uh, them finishing in the division, I don't, I don't foresee them finishing top two. Not, I, I maybe see them finishing, uh, maybe third. It could possibly even last in the division, just based out of on their, you know, lack of production on offense. But uh, yeah, the Packers are gonna run away with the division, I think, and Minnesota is looking like a a, a wild card that that'll come out of that division. Yeah. Col- I think Colton hit the nail on the head there. Um, I, I think that Minnesota could easily sneak into the playoffs here. I, I, you know, the, through the first, let's say five weeks, this division pretty much looked to be wrapped up. You know, there was a nice little neat bow on top that was pretty much going to be between the Packers and the bears. Whoever didn't win, it was going to take the wild card. And, you know, that's how it was going to be. But, you know, Patters are slouching a bit. Bears are struggling a bit. The Vikings have an easier schedule. And, well, let's, let's be honest, the Lions are the Lions. Um, the Lions are the Lions. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's a lot of flexibility that could happen. Um, but, Devin, I want to go back to that, the draft question that you had. Um, you know, obviously I like to joke about the team's tight end roster spot usage. And there's there is at least one or two first round potential tight ends that the team could take. So I'm not going to let that one go by the wayside, but I, and we've talked about this before, Zach Wilson for BYU. He's that kind of, you know, just onto the radar QB option. 
Um, he's, he's flying up the draft boards. He he looks like he could be fitting into that third or fourth spot for you know the QB class. Um, I mean, do you do you see at least a relative fit there that he could replace Foles and Trubisky and be the next, I guess, project for Nagy if Nagy is still around? Um, yeah, I, I could definitely see him being uh, taken by the Bears. Um, the only issue is, is, you know, go, going back to Nagy is it seems like he's kind of forcing the offense onto to Trubisky and Foles and, rather than adapting with them. And, you know, I feel like I feel like we kind of kind of seen that, you know, the last few years, especially with Trubisky. I mean, I, I, I feel like he hasn't really gotten the most out of him but um if if they were to go with a new quarterback and i mean it's so hard to say how 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 he's gonna how they're gonna fit in in that offense you know if he's even there obviously you know you got right um i think think ultimately I, i don't mean to interrupt uh i think ultimately you know depending on how they finish uh I I would hate to see Pace trade up and just to just to draft him, but I got a feeling yeah, it'd be that a shame he, if the Bears traded up and draft a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, tra- basically trade away like the rest of our franchise. Like, yeah, it, Pace is that's another another topic for another day too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I think. I, I do think that it's a possibility, um, but I also do think that if the Bears want to win, and this you're going to hear this when we talk about the NFC East too, the front office needs to be changed, and so does the head coach. Um, obviously, you know the the Bears have had this Matt Nagy experience for probably a little too long. Um, as a Packers fan and a fellow NFC Norther, I am very happy for Nagy and I'm very, very excited for everything he's done for that Bears franchise. Um, but I think for the success of that team, they need to need to go another direction. Um, so we'll see if there's any any legs to those you know potential talks of moving on, and we'll see what the uh, the rest of the season entails with his division. Um, on to the NFC South. Um, Currently, Tampa, New Orleans, Panthers, Falcons in that order. Um, Eric, do you think that the Saints have a chance to pick up some ground on the Buccaneers? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's it, it's what people will be really focusing on here in the NFC South over the next several weeks is you know when can Michael Thomas be healthy. Uh, what's he going to look like when he is healthy? Uh, there's no doubt that they're going to want to integrate him into this office. Uh, into that offense is something that uh, that is a crucial piece, and he's got the talent to to really help them take the next step forward. And uh, the Saints have not been take have not been playing very disciplined football. They've been pretty messy. They've been getting. Uh, getting fouls and and it's it's not been uh very disciplined football and so i think if the defense is able to to play a little bit cleaner it's it's not a bad unit either um i they were my preseason super bowl picks and i think they could still be that um 
I, I'm anxious for them to play the Buccaneers again. Uh, I I would say that the Saints end up winning this division, but but Ooh, the, the the Buccaneers offense certainly right now looks uh looks unstoppable. I don't know, Colton, do you do you think that they can gain a game on on the Bucks? Unstoppable might be a bit of a heavy word with how they showed up against the Giants, but continue. So Yes, but so they didn't look great against the Giants, but they also didn't have Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown in that lineup. Like they could they could cover Mike Evans pretty solid with James Bradbury and then the safety over top. And then you I don't even mention Gronk. Gronk looked great in that second half when they got him involved. That their defense is pretty good. Carlton Davis is great. He can lock down anybody. Um just ask Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. How good he is. Yikes. That didn't look good. So I, I I'm with Eric. I picked the Saints at the beginning of the year, but halfway through the year, I think the Saints haven't looked that great. And I think the Bucks are the team to beat in that uh, division. Do we have any obviously not this year. This is kind of looking at you know the first year for um Tom Brady and you know, his his chances in Tampa Bay. And he's obviously, like you said, putting together a really good season. But do we see the Panthers with Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater, do we think, and I'll kind of shoot this over to you first, Devin, um, do we think that that grouping could really get Teddy's you know career back on track and make Rule a legitimate, you know, above-average coach in the league? Um, it's so hard to say. Uh, I mean, Carolina's got the, they've got the weapons on offense. I I think it's just, I don't know. Their, their defense didn't look all that special, but obviously that's something that they can improve on. But as far as Bridgewater's situation goes, I think there's potential, but like I said, I, it's so hard to say just because based on, you know, the, the performance I saw, I saw from them when um, they play the bears this, this season, but yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, obviously Bridgewater hasn't had a ton of game work with McCaffrey next to him in the backfield, you know, this week against the chiefs looks like it might be the, one of the first real chances to hopefully get CMC out there again, that's to Bridgewater. Um, but you're right. I mean, Carolina addressed their defense with every single pick they had in this last draft for a reason. They believe in their offense. They added Robert Anderson this offseason. They know that their offense is the stronger unit on their team. Um, and their defense has focused on shutting down the pass more than you know the run this year, which has bode well for run-heavy teams, obviously. Um but I I think they're they're an interesting team to you know to look at in a very stacked NFC South. Um, last kind of question about this division before we move on. Um, Falcons, do we think that both Julio and Matt Ryan are on this team when next season starts? Yeah, I think so. They they came out the trade deadline and said they're not going to move on from him. So I would have a hard time believing they would do it at the end of the year when training those guys away, unless they absolutely fall apart 
the team has <clears throat> excuse me doesn't have a great record, but they seem to keep fighting in every game. Um, they're still talented, so I think they I think they'll be on the roster come next year. Yeah, I I I agree, uh, Colton, and I think that the the front office will really really be pushing for them to stay together, uh, to have those two guys on the roster, um, you know, get a new coach in there and be able to find some new chemistry, maybe put together a new scheme that that fits them both a little bit better, and then having a higher end draft pick on top of that hopefully would be something that really solidifies uh one one side of the ball or the other because that defense really needs help too so we'd really like to see them take someone who can who can really put pressure on on the other quarterbacks in that division like an edge rusher or uh you know something to make a defensive impact yeah i think secondary might be their their biggest need on that team, but I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, obviously money wise, it's going to be very interesting to see how teams handle their, their cap sheets this year. Um, and, you know, Calvin Ridley could potentially look, be looking for a deal this winter that could potentially factor into some roster movement. Um, you know, if he, if he's asking for a boatload of money or he's going to hold out, you know, that could, that could push the management's, you know, uh, you know, foot to the pedal in terms of expediting some moves, um, whether that involves either moving Ryan or Julio, that remains to be seen. Um, but I think Atlanta has at least a decent offensive core that they could uh, definitely make some noise if they do have some competency on the other side of the ball. Um, moving on to the quote-unquote shit show that Colton so affectionately named in our uh, pre-episode notes. Um, the NFC East division, um, in order, Philly, Washington, Dallas, New York Giants. Nothing nothing sexy about this division. Everybody's good at one thing, and that's being awful. Um, but <laughs> <clears throat> we'll throw it over to Eric first. Um Philly obviously has been, if you want to call it that, the most impressive team in the division, which is not saying a ton. However, with their weapons coming back, getting healthy, their offense looks like it could be semi-competent. Do you think they might produce at least a 500 record this year? Hmm, 500 record. That is... That is the question for all of these teams. Uh, so they're three, four, and one right now. Um, I they're on a two-game win streak. I, I for for one have actually been impressed with this Eagles team, um, and they are starting to get guys back. They got Avante Maddox back on the defense. Uh, last week, they will start to get more of these guys back. The wide receivers are important too. But the one thing that I think I really want to see is Carson Wentz take his really, really good play because he's been solid for fantasy. He's been he's been all right. He's started to take a little bit better care of the ball, but he's still taking sacks when he doesn't need to. So I want to see him be able to just throw the ball away uh, and avoid sacks and 
uh, find ways to to stop hurting this team, and I think they could be really good. Although I do have a soft spot for Washington. I I I've been I I've been high on the pieces they have on offense to be a pretty good team too. Washington is trash. But there's a reason they're second and the Giants are fourth. Because exactly. everybody else is trash. I mean, look, Washington, I think they may have had the lowest expectations out of all four of these teams coming into the year. And maybe that's playing into their somewhat successful year so far. Um, but, you know, Colton, the, the Giants, they barely, and I mean barely, beat Washington earlier this year. Um does that really like? Is it just uh? Does that really mean much for New York, or are they just trying to finish the season without getting more injuries? So the Giants have been relatively healthy. I actually really like Joe Judge. Um, the difference between Joe Judge and Pat Shermer is they seem to actually fight for these games. Like they had a solid lead against the Cowboys with Dak, and then blew it. Shocker. They had an 11-point game against the Eagles two weeks ago and blew it, and they had a lead oh. this week against the Bucs and blew it. So it's just... They're in, they're in the tough games against good opponents, but they just can't seem to win games. Where, if you look at the Washington football team, their losses are by 14, 14, 15, and 20. Their only wins are against the NFC East, which isn't saying much. I just, I just don't think Washington's even ready to compete. So I still would put them last in the division. Oh, I, I kind of like them in this two spot. Um, that's interesting. Hey, Colton, how much do you think that chalks up to the, uh, to the quarterback position? Because I think they can find more of a groove without, uh, without uh, Dwayne Haskins, who is... Trash, trash, trash can, trash can, trash happen. can, Dan. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like they can find more success with Kyle Allen. I, I think he's a more talented player. What do you think? I think Kyle Allen's better than Dwayne Haskins, but I don't think he's the answer next year. If there's a free agent or if someone falls to Washington in the draft, I think they need a quarterback. Sure, that makes sense. Do you think they get to mm, six wins? No. They're... Okay. No chance. They they still have to play the, the Steelers. They have to play the 49ers and the Seahawks. Yikes. They also bad. play the Bengals, and the Bengals are bad, but like they're lighting teams up. Mm, and true. the Bengals aren't going to beat anybody. Or I'm sorry, the Reds, the Washington football team Thank is you. not going to beat Anybody else the rest of the season other than the Cowboys? The red football it. team. They do wear red. I who I think they they could put together a three game win streak, and I think the only way they do that is if they beat the Giants this week and they beat the Lions the following week. That's their only chance. They they could legitimately if they do that, they have five wins. They I, could. I, they I could see that happening. happening. And they do see the top, they do face the Cowboys in week twelve. That could be their sixth win right there. I think there's an outside possibility of six wins, and I will bet you a shot on that. Oh, I will happily bet you a shot on that. Oof. Will you, okay. will you double down? 
Oh yeah, I, yeah, I'll I, do I, two. I want it. I want in on this. Yeah, take it. All right, all right. Six Under wins. six wins. Yep, you got it. You got it. Let's do it. So okay, all right. That that that's fair. I I have this weird weird optimism, which is like the only optimism I've had for this entire division is for some reason mm-hmm. in Washington. Don't ask me why, but that's that's kind of how it is. Um. All right. So. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the the dumpster of the NFC conference in general is the East. Um, we'll move on to the best division in the West, is, which is the West, actually. Um, currently, Seattle, Arizona, the Rams, and the Niners. Um, you know, last year it was the Niners and the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Um, the Niners were absolutely dominant. They rode their rushing attack and their stout defense to the Super Bowl. Um but injuries have just absolutely just decimated them this year. Um, Devin, do you the streak that the Seahawks are on right now? They obviously have been the talk of the league. As Colton put it earlier, he thinks that they have a very good chance of being the the conference's number one seed. But do you think that the Cardinals could give the Seahawks a run for their money in terms of winning the division? Hmm. That's, that's an excellent question. Um, wow. Put me on the spot there, Mike. <laughs> uh, I think I honestly don't see the Cardinals passing up on the Seahawks. I just, I think that this is Russell Wilson's season to, to really shine and, and lead his team to, to the Super Bowl. To be honest, I think I think the Cardinals will will give them a run for their money. I'm not saying that they won't just give in, but I I definitely think it's it's going to be like neck and neck towards the end of the season. To be honest, I think it's very fair. Obviously, all the teams in that division are going to beat up on each other, so it's going to make it tough for anybody to really get that divisional advantage. Um, but I think the big X factor for Seattle is Chris Carson's health at this point, and if he comes back, the back that he was. Um, Eric, you obviously have this weird, and we feel like I say this every week, but you have this weird man crush with Chris Carson, as you do with Larry Fitz and a lot of other individuals who play football. He's on the list. Isn't it, isn't it Fairy Litzgerald now? It, sorry, it is Fairy Litzgerald. That is love, that is love Fairy. Yep. Um, but so obviously, I I think Chris Carson can be the wild card for the Seahawks in terms of how well their season goes from here on out. Do you think? for the Cardinals that Kyler's strong start this year can continue? Or do you think that defenses catch on and he gets uh, mistake prone as they get closer and closer to making the playoffs? I tend to think that, that Kyler Murray will continue to roll and uh, it's weird to say, but I kind of trust in Cliff Kingsbury to, to find ways to, to scheme him into this offense to, uh, allow him to continue to succeed, and I think they have enough weapons to uh, to help him out as well. Uh, yes, I think that I think Chris Carson could definitely be the sort of wild card in this whole equation for the NFC West. Uh, but I also think the wild card is the Cardinals' defense because we saw them show up against the Seattle Seahawks and uh, intercept Russell Wilson uh, more than once. And uh, I, 
you know, Isaiah Simmons is is playing ball. Buda Baker is is playing really well right now. Right, right now. So I I I think they are that unit is the wild card here. If they can shut down a few more teams, they could really be the 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 team here. But that's a big if. Colton, I'm going to shoot a quick question over to you, and then we'll move on to the AFC. Uh, Rams, do you think they have a chance to play spoiler in the first round if they fill an extra wildcard slot in the AFC? Um, I don't think so. I think the man, the Rams have won five games, and four of them are against the, or against the NFC East. So that means they're, they're really one and three. I don't think they... Don't forget that win against the well. Bears, too. Oh yeah, so, so so really they're really their own zero and three. Zero and three. There you go. So yeah, that's my quick response. I don't I don't think they really do much. All right, I I, I think they've been a little better than people expected them to be. I think last year was a a down year for them, so I think they could make some noise at the end of the year. But I'm I'm skeptical, just as you are. Um. Moving on to AFC, AFC North, um, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati in that order. Pittsburgh is the lone undefeated team this year. Um, Devin, any faith in the Browns not blowing their current record? Mm, Knowing the Browns, I think they do blow it. (laughs) You have a lot of evidence Um, working in your favor. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't really watched much of them this year, but, um, some, some just tells me that the Browns are just going to be the Browns the rest of the year. And they're just gonna, they're just gonna fold it. I mean, the Steelers are going to already, they're going to take over that division anyways. Like they're that good, but yeah, the, the Browns are, yeah, the Browns are the Browns. Currently, the Browns are in contention for a wild card spot, and I think it just blows my mind, which obviously means that they will figure out a way to blow it. So I would tend to agree with you. Um, Eric, health of Lamar, if he plays 16, does this team win 11 games? They're 5-2 and two right now. 11 games. Um, so 6-3 and three the rest of the year. Six and three. Uh, they they still have to play the Patriots. They still have to play the Ravens, Steelers again. Cowboys. Ravens can't play the Ravens, buddy. Oh, Steelers. Sorry to say, Steelers. <laughs> Steelers. Cowboys. Browns. Uh, and then they have kind of an easy stretch in Jaguars, Giants, and then Bengals. So yes, I I'd say they win eleven, but they don't win this division. I don't believe so. I don't think there's any way. I picked the Steelers uh, before the season started to win this division, and they look so good. Defense wins championships. It's true. It's it's been very obvious in Pittsburgh previous years that that's what it takes, and they're they continue to to make that ring true. Colton, um, do you have a game scheduled or on their you circled on their schedule that streams their first loss of the year for Pittsburgh at least? Obviously, it's been a strong start for them so far. Um, I wouldn't say any real big ones, but they do play in Buffalo in mid-December. So I think that could be their first loss. Maybe at home against Baltimore could be their first loss, but 
I mean, they get the Cowboys, Bengals, Jaguars the next three weeks, so they're easily 10-0 before they get their first loss. I, I could actually see him losing to the Colts, to be honest. You would? I could see him losing to the Colts uh, later in the season. Yeah, that's week 16. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they could have this division depending on Lamar's health wrapped up by week 13, potentially. And that could really play into, you know, whenever their first loss comes in. So we'll have to see. Um, speaking of the Colts, AFC South, uh, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, Jacksonville, um, big difference between the top half and the bottom half. Obviously, Tennessee and, and the Colts are a ton better than the Texans and the Jags. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, hard to see the Colts continuing this strong stretch of play, um, especially with how Rivers is kind of a play in this year. Eric, do you have any confidence in Philip Dunn stretch? No, none. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I don't have any confidence in Philip Rivers. Um, I just think he, he kind of flings the ball around and, they catch it, and then other than that, they rely on this really, really good offensive line and uh, running game to to keep them afloat and score points, and it's a great defense. So can the Colts continue their success? Yes, but I don't think it'll be because of Phillip Rivers. Uh, fair enough. He, you know, he he's did struggle a little bit with his time with the Chargers, um, and I think his first, you know, first year with the Colts has been a little up and down. Um, Colton, Derrick Henry obviously seems to find another gear when it hits the cold months. He gets a lot harder to tackle, it seems like. Do we think that he is the reason that they win the division, or do you think Ryan Tannehill becomes the reason they lose the division? Ryan Tannehill plays well when Derrick Henry plays well, so if somehow... He gets, if Derrick Henry somehow gets shut down, then I think there goes the offense, and then you get Ryan Tannehill of the Dolphins. So coming up, the Titans get the Bears, the Colts twice, and the Ravens. That's going to be pretty tough for them. So if they can win two games out of that stretch, I think they'll be in good shape. But then they also finish the year with the Lions and Packers, who we all know who can't stop the run. So Derrick Henry's just going to go through it. So I guess to answer your question, I think if the Titans are going to go a long ways, Derrick Henry is going to be the, the lead force with that, and Ryan Tannehill can't turn the ball over. Fair enough. Devin, um, between the Texans and Jaguars, do you think they combine for six wins on the year? Um. Well, looking at the Texans, I think they could at least get four more wins um the jaguars on the other hand eh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, sound like um, a very peeved waluigi there <laughs> um i mean lo- looking at the jaguars schedule they got the packers the steelers i mean vikings ravens bears I- those are those are uh, some really tough matchups. So I don't I don't foresee them winning maybe no more than two or three games the rest of the season. 
their fall from the AFC Championship game to being last with one win this year has been as graceful as it normally is for the Jared Wires. So um, shout out to them for ruining a very good thing that they had going. So that's that sounds that they're going to be in the basement of the AFC South for quite a few more years. Um, AFC East, uh, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Obviously, the Jets being last was 100% expected. Um, Dolphins have surprised a bit this year. Um, Pats have struggled. And the Bills have taken hold of that division for what looks like it could be for a while. Um, I guess as a collective, do any of us see the Bills having any issues closing out this division by Week 12? No chance. They, they'll have a clear. For yeah, sure. I, I think so. It's it's hard not to be uh, excited about the Dolphins, though, right? Like they just got their first win with Tua. They've won three straight. Uh, it's hard not to be excited, but they're not a playoff team, not yet. I think uh, this division's probably one of the easier ones to predict at this point, which means all hell is probably gonna break loose in the next couple weeks. So, um, if that happens, don't blame us. All right, so the last division for us to cover is AFC West, um, KC. Uh, the Rams, Broncos, Chargers in that order. Um, you know, KC's been the, the absolute dominant team that we pictured they them to be. Um, open it up to, I guess, everybody at this point. Do we see the Raiders making a wild card, or do we, which is more likely, Raiders making a wild card or the Chargers finishing with an over 500 record? Mm. I'll take the Chargers finishing with, uh, over 500 record. Yeah, I think I, I will too. Yeah, as as I'm going with the Chargers over 500 record. I think the Raiders are Raiders are just missing a few pieces. I think in order to to make the playoffs. I'm gonna dissent here, and I do think that the Raiders could coast from their quick start to earn a wild card spot. Because if you look at it, the rest of the AFC is. Outside of the divisional winners, it's probably going to be between the Ravens, the Raiders, potentially the Chargers, potentially the Broncos. Um, Dolphins are not going to. Um, and then whoever doesn't win the South. And, and I don't know. I think they they have a decent chance. I think if Derek Carr continues to play at the level that he's at, I think he they, he can drag them there. I just I don't know if Herbert can keep up his strong start this year. Yeah, I think he's a rookie. Eventually, it'll drop. But as a Keenan Allen owner in fantasy football, I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, and I think that uh, we'll find out very quickly because the Raiders and the Chargers play each other this coming weekend and then uh, again uh, later in the year. So uh, I think we'll find out pretty quickly wh- which way this is going to trend. I think that's they're both going to be close games. But the Chargers' schedule is pretty favorable. Dolphins, Jets, uh, Falcons later. So I I think there's winnable games for them to to reach six here. I I think this is going to be a very competitive division, which I'm very much looking forward to, more than they probably expected it to be. Um, All right, so Eric, um, your favorite segment of the week, you want to start it off? Yes, I do. Let's uh, let's 
go ahead with our potato of the week brought to you by Mr. Gardner Minshew. Uh, <laughs> so my potato this week is Mike Pettin. Uh, uh, he was brought on. Uh, help me, Mike. He was his first year was last year, right? No, he, he's he was here. He's a holdover from Mike McCarthy. Of course he is. So he's been here a while. And then last year, uh, they were obviously a very good team. But the pain point in that defense was the run game. Or just and, the defense as a whole. Well, sure. But last year, <laughs> they had an okay defense. Um, and especially against the pass. And Mike Pettin, as the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, was doing a really good job, um, especially early on last year. And then this year happened. And then this past week happened and Dalvin Cook happened and allowed four touchdowns to Dalvin Cook alone. The tackling was atrocious and the scheming to on the defense, they seem to have zero answers for the run. The linebackers were uh, completely missing uh, gaps that they needed to be hitting and uh, the safety help wasn't there. It was it was just awful, awful defensive coordinating, I think, by Mike Pettin. And uh, you know it's a problem and you do nothing about it. And that's why Mike Pettin, who does, uh, as a fact, look like a potato, happens to be a potato this week. I think the uh, his downfall has been ever since the NFC Championship game where Mostert ran for four touchdowns and over 200 yards by himself. And they knew he was going to do that and they still didn't scheme for it. So, yep. I exploited. I, I I appreciate you using him as your your um your nominee this week. Um, for me, I'm gonna go to the other side of the ball. Uh, Cam Newton. Um, you know he's put up a couple duds lately. The weather in Buffalo this weekend wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Um, so it turned into more of a rushing game, which obviously suited Newton. Um, but it suited him all the way until he he fumbled. Um, with you know the. Pat's driving to try to take the lead late in the fourth quarter. Um, he was stripped and uh, yeah, was not a good end to that game. It was uh, he had a rushing touchdown earlier in the game. He looked decently competent in the passing game, even with a lot of no name receivers around him. Um, Edelman's on the IR. So it was Jacoby Myers, Demir bird and whatever Joe Schmoes you want to think of. Um, I think he had a guy named Gunner out there too, which I thought was really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, after his fast start, Newton has just completely fallen apart, um, and he is my nominee of the week. Uh, Colton and Devin both have nominees from the Bears Saints team, and shocker, they're both on the Bears side. So Colton, alphabetically, shocker. we'll let you go first, and we'll let Devin just sweep all the problems that he didn't catch up them. I know it's so easy yeah. to pick on the Bears. Sorry, Devin. Oh, don't don't be sorry at all. Please don't. So, Bears wide receiver Javon Wims decides to bitch slap somebody with a helmet on. Like, what are you? Th- are you trying to break your hand? What on earth are you thinking? <laughs> like, like, I, I just that that's all. I don't think anything else needs to be said. <laughs> Devin, what a what a potato. <laughs> okay in his defense i i will nope, say stop that... right there stop right okay, there okay okay I'll, I'll stop i'll stop <laughs> there is no defending that there uh, is absolutely none during the giants no. game tom brady was so mad he was smacking his helmet 
against like a against the metal bench and like nothing was happening, but you're gonna take your <laughs> fist and smack it against that? What are you doing? Hitting the metal bench made more sense than the guy using his hand. Like really? Right. right. I was laughing so hard because he he like goes and he like reaches in his helmet. He's like, hey, hey, look at me and smack. all right Uh, let's clean up this mess all right so my potato of the week is nick Foles. what are you doing throwing off of your back foot just thinking that somebody's gonna catch the ball well you thought wrong because it was the saints that caught the ball (laughs) well in his defense somebody did catch the ball it's just not who needed to catch the ball Exactly my point, but oh man, that on top of taking sacks in crucial parts of the game, like you can't do that. Like you're a veteran, you should know better. Um, and then my other potato of the week is Matt Nagy. Um, I, I'm really getting tired of the 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 we need to fix the the problems on the offense. I think it's time for him to start owning up to to his play calling and the way he's utilizing personnel. So, it, like at some point you, you got to start to take the blame and take ownership for your for the problems. That's why Mitchell Trubisky's still on that roster so Nagy has a scapegoat to use. Exactly. All right. Well, um that was kind of a recap of this you know, the season so far um, and our low points of this past week. Um, final segment, we're going to move on a lot to the week um, just because there's no Bachelorette to cover this week, which is such a – I'm just, I'm just absolutely Mike. just crying. Great, no. great news, Mike. Since there's an episode on Thursday and next Tuesday, that means we have extra bonus Bachelorette content next week. Heck yeah. Wait, wait there's an episode Thursday? Yeah, that's episode tomorrow. Oh yeah, and well, we today, by means the time it's not dropped. me. <laughs> Which I I I could not care less about. You guys enjoy your little wrong fake news, Mike. Thing that you just eat your pizza. Whoa. Just go eat your pizza. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about. It. I already did. Don't leave me alone. Um. So lots of the week. Uh, Colton, you want to start us off? Yep, I'll take the. Vikings over the Lions this week. I think the Vikings look good last week, and I think they'll carry that over. Devin? The Raiders over the Chargers. I think Devin is a closet Raiders fan. Are you just... I... It's better than being a non-closet Bears fan. <sighs> That's true. I love... <laughs> sure, I like the Raiders. Sure, I Mike. No, I, I, I picked the Raiders uh, over the Chargers. It's going to be a very close game. Uh, I pick them by three. Uh, Eric, uh, I'm gonna take the Titans over the Bears by five. The Bears, and I Trash. am gonna take the Sunday night uh, affair. I'm gonna take the Bucks over the Saints. I think it's gonna be a really hotly contested NFC South matchup. Could um lead to pointing to who's gonna win the division at the end of the year. Um, it's just the final matchup between these two, and uh, should be a good end to the Sunday slate of football. Um, next week we will be down a person, uh, due to Devin's work schedule. Um, he will not be joining us for our episode next week. Um, so we will make sure that we have every segment about trash in Chicago. So that way you can't defend yourself. That's not fair, Mike. That, that's we just want to come on the episode. Ha- hashtag not, not a fan of Mick. 
Just tweet at Devin every day this week since he's gone next week. At DBill40. <laughs> Hashtag fan to Devin. No, no. Hashtag, it, it's Hashtag Fire Gettleman. There you go. And <laughs> Firepace. Yes, big hashtag Firepace. And don't don't <laughs> forget don't forget Fire Nagy. Uh, I think that that pretty much is a good way to put a bow on this episode. Um, and respect Spader neutered. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Um, hopefully, this was a nice little reprieve from everything that's been going on this week. Uh, make sure to do something for yourself. Um, take care, and uh, we'll catch you next week.